0: so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam Show. Let's go. Turn it up, turn it up. It's the Pancake and Power Slam. it up, turn it up. It's the Pancake and Power Slam. up, turn it up. It's the Pancake and Power Slam <extended> Show. Uh. Turn it up, turn it up. It's the Pancake and Power Slam. Play up, turn it up. It's the Pancake and Power <extended> uh. Slam. up, turn it up. It's the Pancake
1: and Power Slam <extended> Show. Uh. Turn it up.
2: You are now listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling. Episode 192 indeed, indeed, indeed. It's the Pancakes and Power Slam show. We are live and living color, getting funky like a monkey, if you will. I am your host, Chris Featherstone, we're going to have a fun, fun night today, big announcement. Um, But before that, we got a fun, fun, fun special guest today. I think that he would probably argue that he has the best shooting star press in the history of the business, if you will. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I'd like to introduce reborn Matt Seidel. How are you tonight, sir? I am fantastic.
3: You know, that's a great thing, but you know the the interesting thing about wrestling is is I I'm, I'm not a talker, so I wouldn't argue that my shooting star press is the best in the business. I let the evidence speak for itself. And if nice. you've seen it live, if you've seen it in person, you know unequivocally, without a doubt, it's the best shooting star in the entire wrestling industry, past, present, future, beyond. Wow.
2: Those are some very, very sharp and confident words from Mr. Matt Seidel. And I have seen your shooting star press live, and it's very uh, – it's picture perfect is what I like to call it. Uh, I've been calling it that for
3: for right. quite some time now, many years. The picture you, because the picture you compare a shooting star press to in your head is a picture of me doing it.
2: Yes, you see? indeed. So,
3: of course, it's picture perfect because I'm the picture. <laughs> right? Makes
2: sense to me. Yes, <laughs> it makes sense to me too. It is absolutely, and you got to make sure that uh, you film the entire motion because if not, you just uh, you missed out. How in the world did you choose the shooting star press as your finisher? Was it was there someone that you saw? Was it a, a, a gymnastics background that you had? Why the shooting star press, and how did you? End up? How did you end up doing the the move and, and and executing so poetically?
3: Well, I think you know, I think it chose me. As um, my body kinetically, it just feels better making that rotation than any other rotation. Um, and I was a huge fan of Juice and Thunder Liger, oh, and then my other inspiration was a guy named Super Crazy, and I loved how Super Crazy did his moonsault, and I like how Liger did his shooting star press, and I sort of kind of put them together and did my own touch to it. But, I mean, like any wrestler, I've been inspired by all the guys that have come before me. So that's really, like, they set the bar so high that I felt that if I was going to make a name for myself in this industry, I had to do something. I had to pick something and be the best in the world at it. And that's sort of what I've pursued with this, this, you know, intentionally – high-flying, intentionally, you know, going for setting the picture-perfect pose for every high-flying move so that there's a bar to hold it to. I mean, for for American cruiserweights, that's what I'm going for. I think there's a lot of people following in my footsteps, a.k.a. stealing on my moot and biting my look. But, you know, I mean, it's inspiration. They're inspired by me, and I like to feel like I've made a difference.
2: Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, I am I'm, so I'm, a, I'm a, You you said so so basically Deucion Thunder Liger and Super Crazy. Both of those names um are very very <laughs> instrumental in the light heavyweights uh junior heavyweight uh, division. Uh I would say definitely uh I I for years I've watched both of them. And I used to, uh, growing up as a kid, I'm a tad bit older than you are, so we're, we're around the same age, though. Um, and so, basically, I understand, I can feel your 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 mark outness when it comes to Juice and Thunder Liger, because I was a Liger mark when I was a kid, too. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> it was just something about the, the decoration and the presentation of Liger was just captivating.
3: That, and for me, you know, all the effort you had to put in to go to find a Liger, you know, to find Liger, it was yeah. not easy. You know, the tape, you know, this was back in the tape trading days. If you want to find out about Japanese wrestling, you know, my first tapes that I ever traded for were for Japanese death matches. But then mm-hmm. I finally got that copy of the 94 J-Cup. And once I got that, yeah. that, I knew that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be one of those guys. One of those wrestlers. Right. And I, I'm still going for it, man. I've never been in the Super J Cup. However, I did just win the J Cup Tag League. So, at least I've got that going. That's one step in the right direction. And maybe this coming year, uh, I'll be able to get my chance mm. to get in the Super J Cup. Oh, that's my alarm. That was reminding me to call you.
2: You know, well, congratulations. Uh, it was with Ricochet, right?
3: Yeah. Wonderful tag team yeah. partner, Ricochet. He's the man.
2: Yeah. Now, have you competed against Crazy or Liger before?
3: So as far as Super Crazy goes, I've um, I've never wrestled him, or I don't think I've even been in the ring with him. Maybe. I uh, don't know. However, with Liger, I wrestled on the same team as him way back in, like, 2006 when I was wrestling for Dragon Gate in Japan. And mm-hmm. that, was when that was the first time I got to actually talk to him about the shooting star and everything. And I'll tell you what. He is one of those legends that you meet, and whatever your expectation of him was, he will exceed it. And I will promise you that. That is the kind of guy Jujun Thunder Liger is. is, Seriously, he's incredible, and he's a legend in Japan. And um, even more recently, I got to tag with him uh, in New Japan on one of my more recent tours, and I actually wrestled against him as well in a tag match. So uh, it's it's very cool how I'm able to get to work. I've gotten to – I mean – One of the greatest things about – one of the main reasons I got into wrestling was to earn the respect of the guys that came before me. And being able to get in the ring with – I mean, getting to work with all my heroes from Dean Malenko and Rey Mysterio. Uh, Then, you know, I come to Japan, and it's like, oh, there's Jushin Thunder Liger and all these guys I look up to. I got to meet Sakuraba. I mean, like, for somebody who grew up as a wrestling fan, I still get to meet wrestlers that make me happy and remind me why, you know, why I love this business.
2: Wow. Yeah, that's incredible. That's absolutely amazing, and that, you know, and that's good to hear too, because you know, there, there's a a very popular saying, you know, never meet your heroes, uh, you know, and, and uh, because a lot of cause a lot of times they they're not the hero that's in person that uh, you envision them to be, you know, away from meeting them. But uh, it's good to hear that. It's good to hear that uh, Liger is actually uh, a very awesome and 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 um, inspiring person, and, uh, and you know in real life too. So that's that's incredible.
3: He's been so, the best, one of the best junior heavyweights in the world for twenty years. He's an inspiration to guys like me. I oh, mean, yeah. everybody said our style is passing, and oh, you know, you can't wrestle like that for your whole life. Look at Liger; he's going out there and killing it still to this day. I mean, he was just on NXT. That's how good he is. Come on, oh, yeah. man. I mean, yeah. you look at Rey Mysterio, he's going, I'm like, God, the, the junior heavyweights aren't going anywhere. Like, they, like, clearly, it is in demand now more than ever. People are in love with that style of wrestling. Nobody ever complains about, I, you know, I don't hear one complaint about what's going on in, you know, the New Japan junior heavyweight division. I never hear anybody whining about that because we're bringing it just like we, like they always have, man. It's pretty fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, and, and, dude, man, speaking of good wrestling, I was just at the Ring of Honor tapings in Nashville the other day, and I witnessed one of the best 10-man tags I've ever that I've ever seen in my entire life, and all I've done my entire life is watch wrestling. Do you understand how many 10-man tags I've seen? seen tons, I've seen thousands, okay? And this 10-man tag was the absolute best one I've ever seen in my entire life. I could not believe it. And it's going to be um, on the Ring of Honor Christmas surprise issue, and I may have blown the surprise. I don't care because people need to see this match, and you need to see how incredible this product is. And, and I mean, wrestling's better than it's ever been. Um, not that you said anything about it being bad, but I just uh, am pretty impressed with the way things have been. You know, since um, I feel like I've rounded out the current state of wrestling, because for a while I was an only indie guy, and then I was an only a Japan guy, and then I was only in WWE, and it's hard to, um, you know, keep current with all the different products and all the stuff going on when you're in a bubble and you're eating, sleeping, and breathing uh, the product. But now that I've been everywhere and I've kind of seen so much from all the different angles, it's, it's given me a really good perspective. And I got to tell you right now, the business is healthier than it's ever been. It's stronger. And, I mean, I'm not talking just strictly WWE. I'm talking the level of quality of the boys. I mean, we are mm-hmm. just killing it. All the guys are doing a really – I mean, guys are doing incredible jobs. Top, like, from the guys in these little indie shows that are drawing 500 people, to the guys that are doing, you know, the guys, the NXT guys that saw the Brooklyn Center. I mean, uh, I'm pretty impressed with how everybody's doing, but clearly, you know, I had to first boast about myself first before I told you that the whole state of the business is excellent and picture perfect, Mm -hmm. if you will.
2: (laughs) Nice. Yeah, you know, I I, I think that the (sighs) – I, just the, the level of competition, you know, it's it's, it's becoming more wrestling centric um, than character centric. I have a bit of an issue with that though, because I, you know, I've talked to many people and I've been, you know, writing now, for somebody wrestling somebody who for there some can time. only
3: be. What do you mean there can only be one way? It, it, have you seen Dalton Castle work? The, he is I incredible. Have, of course, I have. Absolutely. Amazing, you need to see this. A. If you really think that that I, – I, I'm going to tell you this. You need to hold on to that idea right now and get your paradigm shifted when you watch this ROH Christmas special. It's not okay, about okay. – it, it is about perfecting professional wrestling, and that is what we're chasing. It's not moves. It's not characters. We're chasing the best interpretation of our art we can put out there. That's what these guys mm-hmm. are doing. So when guys have a crappy match or you don't like it, like you just got to understand, like, they're trying to paint a picture. Everybody's going out there every night trying to trying to paint like the best picture they can or the one that they think the audience will like the most or maybe the one that'll make them look the coolest. But these guys are working really, really hard these days. And that's the number one thing I've noticed. It's hard for me to keep up. These young guys are insane with the way they train and the way they like the amount of effort that some of these young guys that a lot of people that I don't even know their names, but I see them on all the shows I go to. The young boys in Japan, the young boys at Ring of Honor you should see how much work goes into these products and goes into these productions. It is wild. And I mean, mm-hmm. like that's what keeps me on my toes is I see all these young guys coming up that remind me of me, and I'm just like, holy cow, you can't forget that, that level of inspiration when you first begin. And I have, re, as the reborn tagline would infer, I have found that same passion that I see in those kids that are day mm-hmm. one in wrestling, I feel that inside me. And the more I surround myself with people like that, the more I feel like that. And so yeah. um, for me, it's like I, I just finished my second rookie year in wrestling, and I'm aggressively pursuing being the best.
2: I think that that and, actually helps seasoned you know, wrestlers like yourself Still have that passion for the business instead of still going out there, you know. Because a lot of people, I've, I've talked to many, many, many wrestlers, and I've heard from them, you know, how they interact with people. You know, that's in the locker room. There's so many people who's been doing this for 10, 15 years that it's just another city. You know what I mean? And I think you kind of you kind you kind of lose the essence of pro wrestling when you're when you're thinking it's just another city. And you're just going out there and and going through the motions, and you've been doing this for a long time. But if you keep that that passion and that fire, you know, it makes people like yourself, who's been doing it for us for a long time, be reborn. You know, like you said, and still have that that uh, that type of just fire and passion. And I, I I I totally respect that. I just my thing is this, Matt. It's like I, I I've had 192 episodes on my show and you can anybody you know who you've you'll you'll talk to maybe you'll talk to someone who said yeah Chris Featherstone show pancakes and power sams he puts ROH over and i do because ROH i've said this i think i've said this even last week or the week before you know ROH is my favorite uh company to watch because i'm a traditionalist i i love wrestling meats Characters, you know, I love that Marriage, you know, so to speak And I I I just wonder, Matt Like, what do you think about Such a We're experiencing from a uh, A broader A broader scope Such a decline In viewership From, like, WWE For instance, we, you know Smackdown had its, you know Lowest numbers uh, You know, in the history of it's been in sci-fi uh in the five years it's been there raw had its lowest numbers uh, a couple episodes ago we we've experienced such a dip in ratings over the past 15 years why do you think people are just you know kind of whistling away from the product of sports entertainment slash pro wrestling why do you think people just aren't interested anymore
3: well, wow. well, I mean, there's about 18,000 different ways with which to answer that question. I mean, because there are 18,000 different factors that factor into this. But um, mm-hmm. some of the major factors, and I'm, I'll, like, you know, I understand that raise, raise, and they are important. But you have to realize WWE's contracts; they're not getting paid off their advertising money. USA makes that money. Uh, WWE mm-hmm. gets paid by USA, and they get paid a, a lot of money, and the money increases every year. You know, ratings aren't the most important thing to them. And also, let's just be honest: ratings aren't ratings aren't as precise as internet clicks and time spent on the website and yada yada yada. And if you look at that right. stuff, WWE is crushing it. They're crushing everyone. So I think ratings are might not be the best metric with which to rate um, wrestling in this day and age. Um, but it does mean that they've got big distribution. But let's, let's face it. When when we were crazy into wrestling, there were 20 million people on Monday nights watching wrestling. So what you have are 17 million lagged wrestling fans. People who connect to it somewhere, but it haven't really found an inspiration or a cultural connection to it. That's been missing because um, wrestling's been dominated by one uh, person. It'd be like if every song on the radio had to go through the same producer, you would say, wow is always the same thing because it's always produced by the same place. That's why music comes from all different places. And wrestling would be like music in that if the the ability of a band to that couldn't play on the radio can still attract a very tight-knit group of fans, more of a niche market. And I think that's what yeah. wrestling is going towards. Because it's because what you're seeing is these big arena shows that's saying, like, hey, everybody should be Justin Bieber. That's silly. Uh, what there should be is more middle ground. There should be – there's room for five or six of these federations because people love yeah. wrestling. People like you and I connect to it from a nostalgia view, from a, a respecting the athleticism and enjoying the characters and the story and the live-action production that is pro wrestling as a – for something to do on a Friday night, I, I cannot think of anything greater to do than go to a wrestling show because it's fun, it's interactive, it's a very special form of entertainment, and I think a lot of people miss that kind of the 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 go to a show and have fun, X, um, idea. And that it's it's not about what the moves happened or or who did what. It's more about like the feeling and how how you felt when it was going on. Were you laughing with your friends? Did you have a good time? That's what makes wrestling good. It's not the wrestling itself; it's the experience the people have. And I think yes. we need to work on what kind of experience we're giving fans at these events, and um, and what kind of experience they want. And are we looking for new fans? Or do you like? I went to a convention. I mean, you say ratings are low, but I was just at a convention with thousands of wrestling fans and and hundreds of wrestlers um, from you know Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat, all the way down to people like me. I mean, all there was a ton of people there and people love the vintage nostalgia wrestling but they also are enjoying today's product and today's stars i mean it's it's all happening um but i don't think it's happening on a national scale i think it's the that's one of the appeals of these things it's like local radio it, it connects people in local areas i mean it's um the more connected the wrestling is to the local town the 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 more people really feel it. And uh, the, the connection that people have to some of these smaller federations is stronger than I've seen people to WWE. But, you know, mm-hmm. just like Justin Bieber has crazy fans, you know, so does WWE. What, what I see opening up is the success of some of these smaller companies that you you would say, oh, these guys make a living doing it. Like, have you heard, a, heard of Hood Slam? They don't run that many mm-hmm. shows per year, but they're a self-sustaining company. Ring of Honor's been killing it for like 10, uh, 15 years for basically since I started wrestling, uh, they they've been killing, they've been running. I mean everybody's holding in New Japan's incredible, and New Japan's drawing in new fans every day. Uh, the 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 state of the business is okay. It's just um, becoming specialized, and people are mm-hmm. having to find what they like. And that's why now to compete with WWE, you don't. The economies of scale have been reduced such that a company like Ring of Honor can easily take swings at the giant because the in the amount it would cost to enter that dance is greatly reduced because of the increase in technology. I mean, mm. people, I can produce a wrestling show on my iPhone right now and I can get a decent couple of hits. Um, technology has really made it so that smaller productions can come to fruition and wrestling's really amazing when it's done intimately. And it feels like in, in St. Louis, Missouri, We had wrestling at The Chase. This is wrestling in a very nice ballroom with people in formal wear, and it's an intimate setting. And I think there's, you know, the same way Lucha Underground has their uh, arena or whatever it is, people, they're giving it a feel. They're they're having different feels because wrestling has been just interpreted by one um, dynasty, and so people haven't been getting jazz. People have only been getting country music when jazz is out there and jazz hybrid with countries out there and all the there's so much to the spectrum of wrestling. There's not one way to do it. There's no right way or wrong way. Um, so by people only having WWE to look at, they felt like there has established a right way and a wrong way to do professional wrestling, yeah. where in fact there is no right way. There is no wrong way. There's just going out there and doing pro wrestling and hoping everybody has a good time uh, mm-hmm. or, you know, or has some effect. Where they want to where they enjoy themselves and they want to come back next time. And um WWE pigeonholing themselves into this one kind of set style opens it up for some I mean, this is a billion dollar industry with no competition. It's gonna pop soon. I mean it's coming very, very soon. There is a boom in wrestling coming. I have been there through this entire struggle. Through the I mean, through the thirty person at a venue consistently years. Wrestling was down, and it's turning back up, man. I wrestle in Europe, I wrestle in Japan, I wrestle all over the world, and I can feel that buzz coming, man. I can feel like, people like you doing this. This is spread. This spreads the word podcast like this. People talking about wrestling. WWE monopolized all, almost all wrestling journalists. Now we're down. We're down to just a few. The more people who start saying, "Hey, wrestling's cool again," let's talk about it, let's watch it, let's enjoy it, and the more people who put on a product that people can enjoy. You know, the the better this business is going to be. But it takes wrestling live is a symbiotic relationship. Same way on TV. You know, we need fan support, and we can't do it without the people like you doing shows like this. Because just like in wrestling, when you start clapping for the good guy and he starts firing up, that's what this show is. This is the beginning of the slow clap. And eventually the clap catches on, and then we all ride a nice big wave of fun, and everybody has a good time, and, you know, hopefully nobody gets hurt.
2: Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for putting the show over. Um, great, <laughs> major kudos for that. Um, yeah, but I, I agree, though. And, um, and, and I agree with the opportunity, too, because I can, you know, you as a wrestler, I can say the same thing for, you know, me as a journalist. You know, I start off, you know, writing for pub pages, you know, not getting a single dime for what I did. And I end up writing for Ble- Bleach Report for. Over three years, and now I write for Sports Illustrated. So, you know, <laughs> and, and, and that's all, and that all came for, that all came from loving wrestling. Period. That just came from having a a just a passion for for pro wrestling to the point where, you know, I wanted to just tell the world about it and end up, you know, hustling and grinding my way up to uh, amazing, uh, amazing opportunities, and that came from people just. Loving wrestling, and I, and I I agree with you as far as the the, the niche market too. I I, I agree with that because I think we see that in NXT, and I keep putting I keep putting NXT over too, because we saw that. In, to me, NXT is as close as you can get to, you know, NWA World Championship wrestling on Saturday nights as as you possibly can at this at this point. ROH is like that too, just that niche market just you know it, it didn't have to be 10,000 people there if you have 4 to 500 people in an arena it's it, i mean it has that organic feel to it and i've been to many NXT shows and i've been to many ROH shows too and i can tell you i haven't missed a, a televised event for over 15 years and i can tell you that you you have that yeah, to to me personally, I walk away from an ROH or a NXT event more fulfilled than a RAW or SmackDown. To be honest with you, I mean, I you know that that's just me, maybe, but I've you know talked to other people who felt that way, but just that niche market, and I don't know. I guess it's I guess it's that territory feeling again, you know, from back in the '80s and the '70s, just the the art of the territories, and so what what it you is, know, I
3: mean. I'll tell you what it is. It's a bunch of really smart people who know wrestling and a bunch of really good wrestlers making a great product. I mean, they're not reinventing the wheel. They're not doing anything different. They're just doing good old wrestling, and people love it. I've never yeah. said, oh, we need to change this business. We need to do this or that. All they're doing is doing wrestling and getting it out there to people. This is it. These are the guys I've been hanging out with for the last 15, 16 years, and this is what we've been doing. It's just now getting exposure. It's just now – being shown to the masses is just coming out. And so with the burst of us onto the scene, we're taking everybody with us. We're taking all these people who have supported us for the last 15 years, and we're giving them a show that they're going to love. Like those people, I mean, Ring of Honor does the best they can with with their show, and they put out a great product, and it's available on Thursdays for free on their websites, like com slash TV slash current or slash current slash TV, something like that. But my computer automatically pulls up to it. But it's like the the access to this wrestling is growing, and the fact that people who have been ROH champions are WWE champions right now is allowing a flux of when you Google Kevin Owens, Kevin Steen pops up. And you see Kevin Steen, and mm-hmm. you see Kevin Steen versus Tyler Black. That happened in ROH years ago, and we all knew it was awesome then. And, it's, of course, it's going to be awesome. Same thing with Brian and Punk. Or how about, I mean, my God, I mean, there's so there's so many good matches that I've seen and where guys just are doing just incredible art, making, like, doing things that I can't believe. And I've, you know, like I said, I've seen everything. These guys are still impressing me. And, of course, they are because that's all they've ever done. And, you know, the more platform they get, the better. You see the effect Punk had on wrestling? Punk's, Punk was the spark to this business, right? Um the Summer Punk really moved wrestling, made it a cultural movement to a degree, and it allowed people to bring back talking about wrestling like it's cool. I mean, all old wrestling icons are pretty awesome in mainstream media. I mean, wrestling really has a place in not just Americana culture, but culture all over the world. It's like, I, I don't know, man. I Clearly, you can tell I'm optimistic about this. But um, <laughs> I think NXT, getting, sorry, I get sidetracked, but getting back to NXT, they're just doing wrestling, man, and people love it. It's very simple. Yeah. You don't have to do two. And what they, what people like is not having to make a three-hour commitment. I think an hour is great. Honestly, I could do a wrestling show in 22 minutes. Who cares? But, I mean, you, you need an hour to get to, to do your characters. But I really think that the way wrestling is presented will be evolving, and it will be evolving towards a consumer-centric rather than a what do we think is the best wrestling because it's not necessarily a sport in that you have to, like USC always has to follow rules. They'll never have one match where they'll allow nut shots. But when this yeah. is wrestling, man, that's our advantage. We can do whatever we want. So we don't, like, I know you like traditional stuff, but I love non-traditional stuff that I see online, people making mashup videos um, that uh, Max Landis's wrestling isn't wrestling. I like it when people take it and play with it and spin it around and, you can turn it into Play-Doh and create something else with it. Hood Slam for example I have mentioned that earlier Like, I, I just love people getting creative with wrestling because that's just what we that's what all the kids were doing back in the day in our backyard just like making up all sorts of wrestling uh, just you know pl- playing with what is professional wrestling and interpreting it in our own different ways and oh man mm-hmm. my battery's dying because I'm long winded <laughs> <laughs> Um well yeah, I don't
2: want uh, our, our interview to be cut short with that. Do you have some time to talk about WWE right have, quick?
3: I, I still have 10% left.
2: Okay. All right, well, real quick, uh, before we get to WWE, I, I thought about your time in Wrestling Society X. It was kind of like that, kind of like what you were saying. What was, your, what was your highs and lows about Wrestling Society X? Why didn't it work? I, I mean, I watched every single episode of Wrestling Society X, and for and I liked it. It was different. It was an hour show. It was different. Um, but wh- how come wh- –
3: why do you think it worked? I mean, it was fine. It worked. It worked fine. I, I don't know what was that. I didn't think there was anything wrong with it. It was just at a time where media distribution was weird and, you know, it's all it's – all, I mean, I didn't consider it a failed project. They did a pretty good job of the first season, and there's just no second season. Um, but let's be honest. The second season was the first season of Lucha Underground in some way, shape, or form. A lot of the ideas from WSX did never die. They, they stayed alive. Mm-hmm. Guys work. Those, the guys behind Lucha Underground have been working probably since WSX to get another project off the ground. It's not easy. This is a big production that they have out there in Los Angeles. It's huge. It's the scope and scale of what they're doing out there is really landmark. I it's interesting that it doesn't get a ton of play because it hasn't taken jumped culturally but what they're creating they're doing they're really modernizing wrestling and they do they do great they do great work and they're trying really hard to bring uh lucha libre to more people they're spreading the gospel of lucha libre I love it um they they're really they're really putting a lot of work into it and a lot of those ideas were inspired by WSX I mean look at who was on the first episode of WSX me versus Jack Evans and what do you have now I mean you got Jack Evans out there with Angelico Bean like the same guys, just Jack's more... I mean, obviously, Jack's done nothing but get better since that first episode of WSX. So if you enjoyed that, my God. Oh, my God, I saw Jack Evans at PWG versus Chris Hero. Uh, it was it was incredible. Jack Evans might be one of the best all round professional wrestlers I've ever seen. I mean, he, his, he was incredible that night, and so is Hero. I mean, there's wrestling out there. If you, like... I just like to share what I enjoy with other people, so I'm sharing my point of view. And My point of view is that there's if you like wrestling you kind of have a special spot in your heart for it, if it's in your blood like it is in all of us, because no one's a half-ass wrestling fan, you can find wrestling you like. And mm-hmm. if you if, if that's your thing to just be unhappy with things, like I would never in my life punish myself by d- doing things I don't I don't enjoy. Um, that's that 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 that's something that'll really put you in a bad state of mind. So anybody who's torturing themselves by watching a product they don't enjoy is just silly. They can easily, with a Google search or just by, you just go on Twitter and just when when people show, they're like, oh hey, look at this match and it's on YouTube. Like you don't have to spend a long time being a wrestling fan. You can spend 20 minutes a day. You don't have to spend three hours on Monday and then like, you can just do whatever you want. That's that's the freedom of this connectivity of the internet is that you can you can watch whatever you want. So, like, if you yeah. want to see every – if you love Kevin Owens, you want to see every single one of his matches, you can access, like, 200 hours of matches, I'm sure. Yeah. Or you could just watch his new stuff because his new stuff is his best stuff because all these guys are working, making our new stuff our best stuff. But so if you if you are a fan of, like, the, the new kind of generation of wrestlers coming up, the Seth Rollins and all those guys, if, if the Dean Ambrose, if you're a fan of those guys, you're a fan of – all the wrestling that's happening right now, and you're just not watching it. But you're a fan of it. You just don't know. But I mean, you know, that's that's the interesting part. It's a, mar- you know, it's it's not the boys aren't doing their aren't not doing their job. We're we're taking care of business, man. And the guys are working really hard. Um, and and that's why it hurts me whenever people are trashing the product. Or you know, I mean, sure ratings are low, but um, it's pretty awesome that people. I how often do you even watch television? Let's be honest and you still tune into Raw. People hardly even yes. turn on their televisions, unless it's to Netflix, or they turn on the TV to turn on the Xbox, or they turn it on to watch the DVD. But how often do you turn it on to watch something on cable? I basically only watch wrestling and UFC on cable, and I've got the UFC Fight Pass, and I have the WWE app. So slowly, we're all evolving away from television, and it's, there's going to be new ways to connect. The The product distribution is going to be different. It's an it's a evolving and changing world, but, I mean, wrestling is on the forefront of it and I I don't see it going anywhere. I, I, I see it on the way up, not on the way out.
2: Hmm. Can definitely respect that for sure. Alright real quick, uh uh WWE time time there. I I was just I just thought about wow, you you debuted in E C W was it oh seven?
3: Yeah, 07 oh seven or oh eight, maybe maybe early two thousand eight. I'm not wow. good with dates.
2: So long ago, long ago just right? in hindsight, so long ago. Wow, it's yeah.
3: crazy. Yeah, I was. Just, I mean, I show people pictures of me in WWE, and and it's like they don't even believe it's me. They're like, "What? Come on!" I'm like, "Yeah, that's definitely me." Just a long time ago, man. I was really lucky. I got to work with some amazing, brilliant people. I learned a lot, man. I I don't want to say I know a lot about this business, but I think I know a lot about this business, and that's because I spent so much time at WWE. I got to. You know, I got to just sit around and talk with so many incredible, brilliant minds of this business, and and so many guys helped me out while I was there. Yeah, I had a great time. and A lot of the guys that I work with in WWE I still work with today. I mean, God, when I go to New Japan and I get to see Luke Gallows, who at one point wrestled as Festus, and I get to see him in his element as, like, New Japan tag champion, as uh, as IWGP heavyweight tag champ, I mean, it's incredible. Like, the, the guys that were in WWE and all, like, it's some of the greatest people I know. There's just not that many, you know. There's only so many jobs. You can only fit so many people on TV at a time. Um, right. But it's, so it's nice to see, like, uh, you know, all, all the guys that I met during my time there and the people who passed through, you know, I, you still see them, and you might not see them for six or seven years. Eight years later, you pick up just where you left off as if you were in the locker room with them, you know, the week before, but it's been six years. And that's, that's the incredible thing about the business. I, and that was, what, what was really neat was, how many awesome people WWE employs? Not just, not just the wrestlers, but man, I mean, you want to talk about the best people in the in the business of sound? You're talking about them. You want to talk about best people in video editing? It's them. The people who do live TV, them. I mean, like they get the best people for every aspect of what they do. So mm-hmm. I'll be honest. What it, what that did was set my standards really high for production for humans. I mean, it just made me realize that there's incredible people out there with incredible skills and work ethics that if you sleep on it, they're going to pass you right by. And WWE is just filled with with people like that.
2: Who was the easiest person and the hardest person you worked with uh, to work with in the
3: WWE? I would say the easiest was... uh, I mean, the person I enjoyed working with the most was Chavo Guerrero. Uh, he showed he re, he really got me off the ground in WWE. Got me, got me going. Showed literally, showed me the ropes in the ring as we went. And he's just such a skilled grappler, and he comes from that lineage. It's just truly amazing. And and getting kind of just firsthand experience of that knowledge is what made me who one of the one of the wrestlers that I am today. And just. It, it brought me into uh, that comfort level in the ring and put me at ease. I, I mean, I'll never forget one of my first matches. I think I was wrestling, um, I don't know. I can't remember. It was some house show, but it was early on before I had my program with Chavo. And Scott, referee Scott Armstrong was like, hey, kid, breathe, breathe, because I was so tense and nervous I wasn't even breathing during these matches. I mean, I was just a rug I mean, I was I was just young and and just going for it without any real, you know, I had no mentors. I mean, you know i got into the wwe because i kept always trying to find a better place to wrestle and find people with more knowledge of wrestling to absorb and to to work with and um since leaving wwe i've found as you, i expected tons of people with tons of wrestling knowledge from all over the globe and i, mean, I said i just keep collecting all this stuff i you know like i said wwe was, has so many great people it set my standards really high and I think I think wrestling deserves high standards um yeah. and and they did that in a lot of, in a lot of you know production aspects and just really trying to give the fans the best show they could
2: Mhm All right there was it was a two part question you you tell me one you tell me one part Well part two. Oh, so
3: the that hardest was, That was the easiest so easiest is Chad and then uh the hardest guy to work with you know, one of the easiest guys to work with was also Mark Henry. He was fantastic to work with. Hardest guy to work with. Right? God, I never – got to understand I'm really good at this. Do you, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm a mm. professional. So I don't think there was anybody that was particularly hard to work with. I wonder if anybody proposed any dumb ideas. I'm trying to think if anybody had any bad ideas. But, man, I, nobody was really that difficult to work with. Anytime yeah, sorry, you discussed, time
2: you discussed a match or something like that, and kind of bumped heads with someone.
3: Yeah, of course, tons of times. Hmm. But I mean, you know, I hardly even remember. I bump. I get so crazy after after half my matches. I have to apologize to. I mean, I used to have to apologize to uh, Charles Robinson so many times for yelling at him for doing his job and like getting. I, I, you got to understand, man. When I go out to the ring, everything I have is just turned up to a ten. So when somebody's doing something I don't like, I just go, you just flip out. It's like you're driving 100 miles an hour and somebody cuts you off. You just freak Mm -hmm. out. But this is just what wrestlers do. What do you think? I mean, like, we just sit around and hold hands backstage. I mean, we always bump heads because we're always chasing a vision or a dream of something that we have in our heads that we're trying. Like, it's like if you thought of a picture in your head and you tried to draw it down, but but the drawing just wasn't working out, and you just get frustrated, you crumble the paper, you throw it away we got to do that sometimes and it gets frustrating and the clock's ticking and you have, you had eight minutes and now you have six and you're live and four and, oh wait, we're going to add in on two more minutes. Well, what are you going to do? I mean, the nobody, I mean like the, what's being revealed as WWE does more behind the scenes stuff is that the true drama and the true action is the reality of wrestling. And that's the Mm -hmm. drama I experienced and I've lived my whole life. And that's what's like, and that's, I mean, that's real excitement. I mean, the, what the what the guys do before before raw happens? I mean, sometimes people didn't even know you you know uh, the a final copy of raw might not come out to the very end of the day, and you're going live and especially if you're someone like me who's on always on early, you know th- there, things change. I mean, I've had matches cut. I've had t- one of the best matches I ever had was me and John Morrison had actually two minutes added on to each segment uh, in a match on ECW, and that was like oh what a stroke of good luck. But it's like you have to be a professional to do that, and you have to be able to, like, okay, yes, we disagreed on this. Yes, we had a problem, but just move on. I mean, that's, uh, you know, I've been doing it too long to, to, to care about that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, if if wrestlers, like, okay, I work with travel a lot. If, if you don't have a temper, then you just don't care enough. If you don't get upset about stuff, then you just don't care enough. And if everything's ho-hum, then your performance is going to be ho-hum, and nobody's going to write home about that. Good point. So
2: uh, you 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 did so much. You you became tag team champion with Kofi Kingston. Uh, Air Boom was a very very good tag team, by the way. So yeah, that was that was awesome. And so you you know there there was some you know uh, I think it was what 2012 was when you got in your accident, and then uh, you got let go what 2014 last year. Uh, what's what's the the story on that? As far as how you got let go, why you got let go, and and uh, the the downtime that you had w- recuperating your ankle.
3: Yeah, so I basically had a motorcycle. I uh, it was, yeah, I dropped it on my foot and just basically destroyed my foot. I was cleared by doctors about eight months later, nine months later, that I could kind of go back and and do work. But, you know, my, I wasn't a sports doctor. He was somebody who said you can, you're you not going to do any more damage to your foot if you continue – If you you know what I mean? Like, it's physically it was fixed. Like, I couldn't, wasn't going to do any more damage, but my foot was just extremely weak. Uh, and we're mm-hmm. talking – I did physical therapy. I continued physical therapy for almost two years, and I, I still do it every day. I, my foot's just bad, man. I wrecked it. I, it. It was a wreck. The doctor said I might never wrestle again. I think he just said that to protect himself on his insurance. But, I mean, the the truth of the matter was I am lucky to be walking, let alone wrestling, today. You know, it's just a stroke of bad luck and a stroke of good luck at the same time because that that time I needed that separation that... I mean, I I went on the road basically... I mean, I started traveling for wrestling shows at 15. I started wrestling all over the... I mean, all over my local area at 17. And, you know, by 23, I was traveling all over the world. Um, So... Actually, having to stay at home and like kind of live a live a different total lifestyle gave me a chance to kind of round out my uh, the, the rest of my life. And, and I was really I was getting I was in incredible shape. I, I was in the best shape and the best best shape of my life, and the best place I've ever been mentally or physically. When WWE let me go, um, but it's not their fault um, because I was still my foot was still coming back, and they wanted me to go to work, and I I couldn't I couldn't I didn't have ninja skills and i was literally just sucking money out of the funnel and the boys are out there working hard and i wasn't Mm -hmm. earning any money for the company and so if i'm them i'd have fired me possibly before they did but they were really good to me man they took care of me through my injury which didn't even happen in the ring it happened outside the ring but they they stood by me they did i mean they could have canned me at any point They, they were under no obligation to keep me going after they heard about that you know they could have fired me the day of the accident, and there wouldn't have been anything I could do. But they stayed with me. They checked in on me. And they made sure they made sure that I had a, a doctor and I, you know they just they they, they gave me um, a long time, but it just took longer. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a, it was, it worked out exactly how it was supposed to because here I am talking to you, feeling like a million bucks, and not really having any any real regrets. Because I uh, you know I did the best I could with what you know at the time, and that's all I ever do, man. That's like my mantra: just do your best. Yeah. You know, we don't we don't every day. You don't wake up and feel like a million bucks, but you just got to do your best that day. And that's all I ever do, man. It wasn't like a big deal getting fired. I, I not like I couldn't have anticipated it or had plans to expect it. And actually, it opened up great freedom in my life, and um, I've never been better. And you know, just like that's, that's where I'm at.
2: That's awesome. Final question. So you just would fit so amazingly in the breed and the fabric of NXT. I mean, I can see Matt Seidel or, as you were before, Evan Bourne uh, against... To me, a match between Evan Bourne and Apollo Crews would just totally destroy anything before and after it. That that's to me when I, I when I envision an NXT match I, I I envision Evan Bourne or, or Matt Seidel, you'll probably be you'll probably be Evan Bourne again if you went back to NXT. Evan Bourne versus Apollo Cruz. That to me, that just epitomizes what pro wrestling is. And so there's so many matches to me that if you went to NXT would just work. Of course, you and Finn Balor, you know, uh, I said you and Cruz would be an amazing match. Is there any chance that we'll see you back in the WWE, specifically working in NXT?
3: Okay, well, thank you for those, those compliments, those kind words, but you have to understand that anywhere I go, whoever's the best in that wrestling organization will give me the best match because they're just good themselves. And I can work with anybody. And I'll tell you what, Apollo Cruz is a former Dragon Gate star. We come yep. from the same place. We all I mean, we 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 move the same. I know like even though he and I have only wrestled each other um maybe just once, uh, one on one, I I the, the the amount of the first time I met Sami Zayn was in two thousand five. We met, we shook hands and later that night we wrestled. It was one of the best matches of my life. The first time we met, think about how long it's been. Of course I could <laughs> knock it out of the park with all those guys. It's an incredible roster. Like I said, wrestling's really good. Am I going to do that? Who knows. I really enjoy working for myself. I love my freedom. I love, I love, my life right now. I'm not looking for any big changes, but who knows? Anything's possible, and um, I'm always open to anything that comes my way. I don't resist the flow of the universe. If it puts opportunities in front of me, I will seize them, and I will capitalize on them, and I will execute in an incredible fashion. Will I be there forever? No, that's the number one thing is that nothing lasts forever. Life Mm -hmm. is impermanent, I believe is written somewhere. Life is impermanent, man. So I'm not set on being anywhere forever, but I'll tell you what I do have. I have a lot of goals. And one of my goals, I told you before, is to become the New Japan Super J Cup champion. Um, I want to be IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. I want to be WWE United States Champion. It's a lot of things. You almost had a you, right
2: you almost had a shot. You almost had a shot at that when you went against uh, Kenny Omega, and that was a great match too. So yeah, That's
3: that's right. And I'm I'm coming after that again and again and again and again and again. Now. I have a a match for the IWGP junior heavyweight tag team title coming up at New Japan's Wrestle Kingdom, which is basically the biggest wrestling event of the year that most people don't know about, because we're talking the Tokyo Dome, the Tokyo Dome on New Year's. You have to understand the Japanese do New Year's better than anyone else, and New Year's in Japan, is fight time, because Pride or K1 or whoever, it is always puts on a huge New Year's Eve, New Year's show. And then guess what follows it up on January fourth? New Japan Pro Wrestling knocked it out of the park with their craziest pay per view of the year. And I'll tell you what, I mean, WrestleMania is a beautiful um, show, but New Japan—I mean, but my God, these New Japan shows that I'm a part of are the best wrestling shows that I've ever been on. I, I mean, you're just glued to it, and and you might not even understand everything that's happening. But all you know is that it is absolutely breathtaking, and the the way they do it is just it's second to none, and so i mean i've got
1: think,
3: some people would think leaving w w e would be something that would cause a wrestler to do stutter steps and do all these things, but I had already been doing my stutter stepping when I was in w w e and they helped me through a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of points that which a lot of people would have, might have given up on me. And uh, so so now all, all I'm doing is taking all this experience I've had since I debuted in, like, the year 2000 professionally. I've been wrestling in backyards since 1997. This is what this generation of guys have been doing, and we're all coming to the forefront now. Um, nah, nah, I just, sorry, I get a little too caught up in it while I'm pulling oh, the hey, and, yeah, That's, that's awesome, man.
2: <laughs> hey, and I will put over Wrestle Kingdom again for you. I um, I would probably say that Wrestle Kingdom, if not probably the top three, arguably the best uh, the best event that I've watched this year. Uh, I, I definitely am uh, really big, as you can see, I'm really big into Japanese wrestling as well. And Tanahashi against uh, Kazuchika Okada. Okada is actually one of my top uh, wrestlers I'm a big Rainmaker fan, um, but yeah, that match just tore the house down. I think it was like over a half hour long. It was awesome too, uh, and then of course Nakamura and Ibushi was awesome too. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'll put over. I'll put that over again for you. I think it's going to be great. Wrestle Kingdom Ten coming up
3: uh, in the oh beginning of January. Yeah, you can't miss. I mean, yeah. I have to just thank you for spreading that word because I tell you what, he, I, you're you're going to have your mind blown. I mean, it's so good, they're, so it's not even old, New, I mean, the the new, these guys, like Okada, it it feels like, um, sometimes when I'm in, I've been, you know, I've been in the ring with Tanahashi and Okada, and sometimes it feels like I'm in the ring with Cena, that's how popular these guys are, I mean, it's pretty awesome, I mean, I think people don't understand the scale of New Japan, and, like, people are like, well, you want to go back to WWE, don't you, and, um, the... New Japan and WWE, there's an argument that in terms of um, operations and and, and numbers, I, I don't know, we'd have to get Meltzer on it, but New Japan is not that much small. I, in terms of like as a, being a wrestler, it's possibly the best place that I've ever wrestled. I mean, it, it just might be the place where I've been the happiest, but it also might have to do with my mindset is that it's happiest. But it might have to do with the boys in the back or the product that we're putting out. But all I know is that I'm extremely proud of everything I'm doing right now. So I'm not looking to to do something different, but all I can promise is that I'm always going to do, I'm going to be myself and give the most genuine, hardest-working product I can produce, whether it's NXT. I mean, I wouldn't mind working one week, NXT, ROH, New Japan, TWG in a week. I mean, give me a break. I don't need to be... Locked down anywhere. I like I like wrestling all the best, all over continuously. And as soon as you get locked down somewhere, you know where. You know, what if I miss a chance to wrestle Shinsuke? What if I never? What if I never get to wrestle him? I still haven't. I'm waiting on it. Well, I could never pass that up. But then you know, then there's a chance to wrestle Rey Mysterio again and Lucha Underground. Oh my God! It's just the like guy said the business is popping, and a guy like me just all I see is a bunch of pretty girls. At the you know, and I just trying to figure out how many dances I can get. <laughs> <laughs> well, you
2: have that luxury. I'm, I'm happily married with uh, two kids. So uh that's uh I'll I will put that on know, the shelf for a while. A metaphor, man. It's
3: a metaphor for wrestling, okay, I'm trying I get it, man, get I get it. Get I, get it. I, get it.
2: <laughs> I get it, I get it. So uh yeah, are you are you so basically I I agree with you, man, and I definitely I definitely appreciate uh, your input on this, and I, I like I like your mindset uh, when it comes to that, and hopefully we will see a Matt Seidel versus Houston Thunder Thunderliger singles match. I, I I think that it's uh, hopefully in the works, and I know that uh, New Japan works very well and have a great partnership with uh, Ring of Honor. Ooh. I know you have a, your global wars and all that. So, Seidel versus Liger, I, I think I think we'll see it. I think we'll see it, and I think we'll be thoroughly enjoyed by it. So, greatly appreciate you, man, um, and, and just fantastic time spending with you. And any final thoughts?
3: Uh, no, man. I just if anybody's listening out there, if it, this wasn't just a one-on-one conversation, if you didn't just trick me into some kind of phone call. To talk about wrestling, I wouldn't mind. Oh, no, you're if live,
2: I, man. You're live. You got a you got a flood of comments uh, going on here on
3: WAWNation.com. If these, dot com, if these yeah. people, if these nice people who are still listening, who put up with all of this, if they want to follow me on Instagram, I'm at Matt Seidel, M-A-T-T-S-Y-D-A-L. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at Find Evan, F-I-N-D-E-V-A-N, because I'm too lazy to change it, and who knows, maybe I'll need it again. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, but uh, Instagram is the one I use a lot more. I just care about it more. It's uh, you know, it's my favorite way to connect with fans. And you know, pictures say a million words. And as you said to close it out, to wrap it up from the beginning to the end, it is picture perfect. Bam.
2: One eighty, a beautiful. Actually, a three sixty, man.
3: Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. That's
2: uh, a three sixty like your like your shooting star press. So, Brilliant. Fantastic. Well, kudos. Kudos, kudos.
3: Well done. I enjoyed <laughs> it. Uh, I enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate
2: it. Awesome. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. Have a good night, man. All right, you do. Bye. Bye.
3: Bring
1: what you got. The measuring stick just changed around here, buddy. You're looking at it.
0: Four corners. three, On mine. Let's go. The whole squad is. Making it clear We've taken this year You know who we are But you don't know Why we here So this is where The big boys play These big boys play Like who defies The living guy Get out the big boys way Outsiders with the swoop in We live as kings You see in us But our third man Waits in the wings And when the time is right We shock him With the proper attack I go for dolo But ain't solo Cut the promo in black Hollywood Hendrix frizzle Pinning them to the mat. And I'm that one with the strength of a hundred men with one intent To see the will fulfilled of the one who sent his son to give himself But you rap out your gas and your rags torture White coffins when I drop a bomb My mic's awesome, never lost faith You in all space, you can all skate Suffer but never crippled. No bin walls in my cross face <laughs> From here to they raving, Anticipating, I was frostbiz Now I am glacier, mixed with some vader Get to hawking with these animals Using God for my defense and Alabama, we and that's beautiful Bobby Eaton, me and Priest We the dangerous alliance, nah The Harlem Heat, tie the do-rag Before we do battle, you're talking sheep. you are what you speak, this too Still Number is took back We repping that work pack. The foundation shaking, no mistaking Yeah, we shook that, trust in God We trust, pushing forward, never look Back, meekness ain't at all weakness Some people must just that Stamping out this crook rap, he turning The power on, on the razor Leg drop after a power bomb. Tired of the lies, man. We bringing the truth through. Diligent and fruitful. The owners in our group too. It's good to be king. Sold out. This war it's brutal. We playing them war games. Our army go move too youth too I'm in the with a bat in my hand and stand to shatter all your plans so they don't matter. And the grand scheme is that easy. We tag team and the brothers, we love it, demand the win, establish it, fit the class to the champions. <laughs> this is where the big boys play, huh?
1: We ain't here to play.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, reborn Matt Sidel, how about that? That was absolutely incredible. I um was thinking about and I and I've said this before in in my uh previous episodes here. There's certain there's certain wrestlers that I have a template, you know, that uh wanted to throw out some questions and you know, there's certain wrestlers that I know that has such a passion, it's just so awesome and conversational and just down to earth. Um, that you know, just the <laughs> the the, the scriptures is thrown out the window. I had a couple things that I wanted to, to address to him and I wanted it was more in a a linear um, you know, bullet point uh format but that was awesome. That was great. He's very uh, he obviously has a lot to say and uh it was it was absolutely absolutely awesome. So major, major kudos to Reborn Matt Sidell. Awesome interview. Derek
4: right. you're here. Yeah, of course I'm here. Where else would I be? It's Tuesday night. I'm with yourself, my peeps. Hey everybody. I mean that was absolutely an awesome, awesome interview. I mean it's I love how when he kind of started, he's in character. He's doing his thing. And they went back and picture perfect. And, you know, to share that with us and also, again, like to be a down-to-earth person. I mean, you get to know these people on an intimate level that, you know, you don't get to otherwise. You see them on TV. You see them in interviews. But, I mean, he shared time, took time out of his life to talk to us. And uh, you just can't ask for more, a bigger success on a – Blog radio show than that because I mean he just absolutely delivered. and We had to hear him pancakes and power slams again. I mean it's it's a broken record. Who's going to be on the pancakes and power slams next Tuesday? Well, you're going to find out. It's going to be awesome. And I mean this is the place to be Tuesday night wrestling. Where else? Where else is there absolutely. tonight, Chris? Absolutely, there's nowhere else. And that's a great
2: question. You know why? Because there's good news and bad news that. Uh, Pancakes Power Slam show has to announce the 15th. Uh, we had uh, Chavo Guerrero on uh, deck, on schedule. There were some uh, scheduling issues, uh, and so we have to postpone Chavo Guerrero to a later date. Uh, we still got uh, Christopher Daniels for the 22nd. However, how dare the Pancakes and Power Slam show tell you not-so-good news without replacing it with even better news. So, ladies and gentlemen, next week, mark your calendars. This is po- probably the biggest interview in the nearly over three and a half years of the Pancakes and Power Sam show. It'll be four years uh, coming up here in a few months. Out of 192 episodes, is probably... The biggest interview, I, I would I would I would venture to say that this is the biggest interview the Pancakes and Power Slam Show has ever had. So next week, mark your calendars, same time, same channel. Pancakes and Power Slam Show will have live, ladies and gentlemen. Diamond Dallas Page, DDP, will be live on the Pancakes and Power Slam Show. I am. Excited incredibly excited so much to talk about with uh ddp and, and it's going to be an absolutely amazing show and it's going to be great and that's uh it's also going to be on i'm also going to write a piece on it on sports illustrated as well ladies and gentlemen wow this is this is awesome awesomeness amazing show uh unfortunately we got to get back to talking about raw <laughs> and uh in honor of uh Uh, In honor of Matt Seidel's time In ECW The WWE version of ECW And what we saw yesterday What we saw on Raw With kind of an ECW reunion We'll talk a little bit uh, Here in the the final closing minutes About uh, The old and the new Version of ECW um, And uh, just how that was And just reliving those moments of ECW Trivia real quick who did The Undertaker defeat in a casket match in Survivor Series 2008? Who did The Undertaker defeat in a casket match at Survivor Series 2008? Uh, let's go through Raw. First, we get a New Day in-ring promo. Introduces Sheamus. Sheamus cuts a promo, celebrates, and gets Superman punts for our reigns. Dolph Ziggler versus Tyler Breeze. Uh, Ziggler wins. Uh, so we uh, looks like we'll probably get a rubber match at uh, TLC. Miss TV with Rusev and Lana. Well, uh, I'll come back to that one. That was that was just brutal to watch. Uh, Ryback defeating Rusev by countout somehow. Again, we'll get back to that <laughs> in, in, here in a minute. Uh, Dully Boys and Wyatt Family. Uh, interesting, um, interesting angle being built here. Dully Boys uh, cut a promo, to call out the Wyatt Family. Uh, Bray Wyatt comes out with the Wyatt family, cuts a promo, and then corners the delis before Tommy Dreamer, before they announce they they have family too. Tommy Dreamer comes out with his weapons, and then they face it uh, against each other, six man. Ends up in a no contest with uh, Bubba Ray getting the uh, final, the last laugh by putting Bray Wyatt through a table. Del Rio defeating Stardust. Um, Swagger makes a save after a post-match attack. Usos and Loser Dragons, uh, number one contenders match. New Day interferes to attempt to have no number one contender, but they eventually both become number one contenders, kind of, because um, back uh, backstage they had a stipulation as where Roman Reigns was going to go against Sheamus. They had to beat him within five minutes and 15 seconds. So... Very interesting stipulation there. Uh, Same thing with uh, Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose ended up becoming the number one contender by beating uh, uh, Tyler Breeze and Dolph Ziggler on SmackDown. And his Intercontinental title hopes was up for grabs because of Roman Reigns as well. Sasha Banks defeating Brie Bella. Roman Reigns uh, defeating Sheamus by disqualification. And then, uh, well, Charlotte defeating Becky Lynch. And then League of Nations and New Day defeating Reigns, Ambrose and the Usos in a handicap match. Now they were trying to do something um you know, there was many there are many reports that because their numbers were so low and uh, and Evan Bourne seems like he's a, an amazing guy and we um he's he's a cool guy. We texted back and forth um earlier today. And so he's a cool he's a cool guy, and I would definitely um, like to just talk more about him, more to him about wrestling because he has such a positive take on wrestling, and I and I respect the heck out of that. But I, I don't, I, I challenge it. I certainly challenge it from a fan standpoint. I can understand, and the thing is, you would want to have. I, I think every wrestler should have that mindset that Evan Bourne has because it makes it keeps. What you do fresh, and, and I certainly appreciate the heck out of that mindset. But as a fan and as a writer, it's 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 definitely quite the opposite uh, in in many respects because we're we're tired of seeing the same thing. And the thing is, I watch PWG. I watch uh, you know I've put over ROH many times. You know I've watched Evolve. I've watched you know I watch NXT weekly. You know, I, I appreciate the, the the niche market, but you don't want to get to that, though. You don't want to get back to the territories. You don't want to go backwards. The territories brought us to the sports entertainment realm, and we don't want to go back to the territories. We want to keep the territory standard when it comes to the, the art of storylines, the art of booking, things like that. We want to keep that standard because – Telling stories, building characters is what pro wrestling is really all about. And like I've said many, many times, characters over wrestlers, period. Not one person on the Mount Rushmore, and I talk, I was actually speaking with Ryan about this earlier today, um, yesterday, there, nobody on the Mount Rushmore of professional wrestling, no matter who your Mount Rushmore is, no one is there because they were a good wrestler and they had they had five star wrestling matches all the time. They're on the Ru- Mount Rushmore because their character transcended the sport. Their character were large in life. The character was large in life. Hogan, of course. Flair, you know, he's on many people's Mount Rushmore. He's had awesome matches. But he's Ric Flair. He's the limousine, rotten, jack-flying, kiss-dealing, willing-dealing son of a gun. That's who Ric Flair is. He's the character of Ric Flair. And, you know, of course, The Rock. He's not a five-star match guy, but he is The Rock. Austin, you know, uh, in his WCW days, he had some great matches. He had good matches in WWE as well. But, again, never. he's not there because of his... Five-star matches. The Undertaker. The Undertaker is the definition of kayfabe. And I have said this uh, earlier today. People always talk about kayfabe, kayfabe dying and things like that. Hogwash. People don't want kayfabe to die in professional wrestling because it's still characters. It's still good versus evil. It's still people you can connect to. And Undertaker's proof. Undertaker is the most over person in the WWE, the most well-respected person in the WWE, and the Undertaker is the definition of kayfabe. He is kayfabe. Undertaker equals kayfabe. And, you know, so it's character building. It's all about the art of building characters. Yes, wrestling is amazing. I I enjoy wrestling clinics. You know, I, I can go back to Chi-Town 89 and watch Steamboat versus Flair over and over and over again. However, you know, those moments aren't the pivotal moments in pro wrestling history. It's when Hulk Hogan dropped the leg on Andre the Giant at WrestleMania three. Those are pivotal moments in wrestling history, you know, that that characters are so over. So that's what pro wrestling is all about
4: and i totally agree and it's like well i almost kind of look at mount rushmore's vince mcmahon Vern Gagne, you know people of that nature but you're right the character builds everything that's what you remember that's what you get into wrestling for i mean otherwise ufc would be i'm the better fighter i'm the better this i'm the better that exactly you don't have the character it's not that's what separates wrestling from that and so and it's Almost to the point I want to get to, where you breeze through Monday Night Raw, a three-hour program, in three minutes—not even three minutes, <laughs> two minutes. Just because it, it, it's not there and the characters aren't there, it's—it's it, it's just a shame anymore that you know we have to talk about wrestling, and we can't be as excited as we should be because of the fact that we have to talk about Monday Night Raw because that's the forefront, and. Mm-hmm. Crying out loud! It, it's a snooze fest. It has been for a long time, and the last two weeks have been almost painful. They just don't know what to do. It's almost like I just want to jump in there and be like this. Let make this work. Have this work better. I mean, yep. power slams would make Monday Night Raw that much better. And uh, I agree. Again, a character development and the characters again just aren't there. They're there, but they're like they're suppressed, and so it's it's breathing, but it's it's still it breathing slower than it should, and again kudos to uh, the enthusiasm that Evan Bourne has And but again, I'm kind of on your side as far as uh, you can make an argument that it's just the forefront of what wrestling is in America and around the world sports entertainment, WWE it's not it, it's lacking, yeah you can find great wrestling anywhere, and that's a great idea to have, and I love the enthusiasm behind that when it comes down to brass tacks what's being shoved in our face mm. sucks and it's just, it's not it's not good and then maybe that's a poor attitude towards it but you know the state of wrestling right now is just my hands are in the air give me something to grasp and hold on to because i haven't seen it in a while and wwe don't make me go elsewhere because i can it's there and i will
2: I think you make an absolutely great point, point. and the thing is, I don't think it's fair for wrestling fans to to reduce our expectations. I don't think that you know. Forget about blaming a change of time. Forget, forget. Like I said, forget all those excuses. I don't want to hear it. It's it's yeah. You got people people not watching wrestling as much live but still that's even more that's even less of an excuse because 97 98 99 you know we were talking TiVo and, and things like that you know that's when DVRs were really starting to come and starting to become popularized so I remember watching Raw and Nitro having the remote in my hand you know I didn't we didn't DVRs didn't really exist during the advent of well, they didn't exist during the advent of the Monday Night Wars, and so I had the remote in my hand, literally going back and forth with Raw and and and, and Nitro every week. I had the remote in my hand, literally going, pushing the back button, just you know every minute. It seems like in in many cases, you know every time a, a commercial would come on on Raw. You know, for those two or three minutes, I would watch Nitro all the way in. And it helped that. I remember Nitro came back on at 11 o'clock, the replay. And a lot of times I would watch uh, Nitro. Uh, I would watch the replay of Nitro at 11 o'clock. And around 99 is when, you know, I started to get a, a DVR and started recording the shows. And so that helped. But the first, you know, the first three years... Of the Monday Night Wars, I was flipping back and forth. So, and, and the thing is, if someone's watching Monday Night Football and there's some type of big play, unfortunately, like there was, you know, <laughs> too, you know, unfortunately for Browns fans, like there were, like there was on Monday with that crazy block six, <laughs> like that block six that they had, that uh, <laughs> that uh, Baltimore had. But that that play is going to be much more important to watch than anything on Raw. You're not you're not really going back and forth between Raw and anything else, you know. Uh, because because I you know get paid to write you know wrestling, it it definitely helps me you know uh, it, it helps me want to watch wrestling even more. But you know, I don't have that passion. Is gone not because I'm not as much of a wrestling fan as I was 15 years ago. That is nowhere near the case. Um, you know, if anything, I'm a bigger wrestling fan because of I have so much knowledge underneath my belt. You know, but nowadays it's it, it it's not that not that feel. Absolutely not that feel. And it's really unfortunate. It's it's really unfortunate that we're sitting there having. Having to reduce our standard for pro wrestling because the booking team are absolutely, atrociously not caring, seemingly. And they're riding, more than anything, they should be riding for the fans. For... What we've seen with the WWE is you're writing for the the sponsors, and you're writing for the shareholders, and you're rest, you're writing you're for the television, you know, executives. That's gonna that's gonna bring it back to a niche market, as Evan and I were, as Matt Bourne and I were talking, uh, uh, Matt sidell and I were talking about. And the problem with that is is that you're you're losing your fans. And doing that, and once you lose your fans, you lose your product. And so, the fans are the number one. It should always be the number one goal of why anybody writes a wrestling script. Period. The fans should always be the number one goal. As far as some things on Raw, uh, the Ru- see my point exactly. The Rusev and Lana crap was just. It was. So painful to watch, and it's hard for me to think about the twenty-five, you know, plus writers that the WWE have coming together with this script, and saying, "Yeah, this is going to cause some people to watch. This is going to cause. This is going to turn some heads in a positive way. This is going to cause people to want to to watch next week." I I don't see how they can think people can connect with the Rusev and Lana miss TV segment. Like it was, it was absolutely painful to watch. They destroyed Lana's character, you know, with her, with, with the lining with, with Dolph Ziggler TMZ destroyed it even more, you know, by announcing a, by breaking kayfabe and announcing a real engagement. So they, had to play you know, damage control with that, so that was tough. The Dudley's angle, I like it. If anything, it puts over the Wyatt family. You may even see Spike Dudley come out the go-home show next week to do a four-on-four tables match. That would be pretty fun to watch. So I like that just because of the, the ECW nostalgia. But, you know, people like Alberto Del Rio with his U.S. championship, there's no one other than Jack Swagger. Like, here's the thing: someone who failed against Rusev, who you know for the for the U.S. title, has failed against everyone else the past couple of years. And how am I supposed to be sold to the fact that you're building up Jack Swagger against to to be in a program with Alberto Del Rio? How am I supposed to buy into that? I there's no way that me as a wrestling fan is supposed to be intrigued. Should be intrigued with Jack Swagger getting the nod to be in the U.S. Championship feud. Now, if he wins the match, I'm all for it. I've been a I've been a Jack Swagger apologist for quite some time now. I I, I would put Swagger over in a heartbeat, but I'm not. How am I supposed to be intrigued in a Jack Swagger feud right now? Knowing that he, you know, weeks weeks ago, you know, he was losing at main event and superstars and going back and forth with wins and losses, and it it just doesn't make any sense to me. Again, a lack of building up your stars is absolutely ridiculous. Sasha Banks versus Bree Bella. You you have that match because of a Twitter fight. I, they're they're both heels. You're not building their character. Bree has been second fiddle for quite some time. How am I supposed to get intrigued with that? Absolutely, Charlotte, her her slow heel turn. It looks like, you know, that's that just seems like that's happening because people just aren't buying. People aren't buying her as a champion right now. It's it's just not working, unfortunately, and just this League of Nations that seems rushed. I like the fact that they're trying to do against all odds with Roman Reigns. I'm cool with that. However, you can't just keep rushing stuff and expecting us to buy into it. It's the the booking is so lazy and so lousy that there's no one that there's really developing as a premier guy right now without us seeing that it it's it feels rushed and it feels contrived and I just it's just a ridiculous thing. Uh Big Show is the correct answer. Uh, who retained the WWE Championship against Shawn Michaels in Triple H's uh, Survivor Series 2009? But yeah, it just really seems contrived, uh, Derek, and I, it, it's 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 tough it's tough to witness. Raw was was uh, was tough to witness.
4: And it's almost like you and I are almost wishing John Cena would come back just to save the WWE from this crap they put themselves into. It's just nothing is making sense anymore, and uh, like you say, everything's rushed. We've been saying that forever since we've been on the air. It's rushed because they don't they don't know the slow build. They don't know what else to do with these people. Everything's wham bam. You can't do that because it it, it kind of leaves your av- your wrestling fan in a in a state of mind that you know three hours every every problem is going to be solved, and it it shouldn't be that way. Even in a month, it shouldn't be that way. Right. Things need to build and they just can't do it. They don't know how to do it. Everybody that they relied on is gone now, so they're in in panic mode. So it's like they throw Raw together. They ask a bunch of, I don't know, monkeys what would make sense, and they're on the boardroom. They just write stupid stuff down. They let it go because that's what you've got. That's what you have on Monday Night Raw. And when you have someone like Mick Foley say he's done watching Raw, I I, I don't blame him because when he was around, for crying out loud, I couldn't wait for Monday Night Raw. Nobody could. That's everybody talked about it, and now no one's talking about it because no one's watching it.
2: Yeah, ex- exactly right. Exactly right. Speaking of that, that's uh, that's all the Raw that you're going to get. Uh, we're going to get tonight uh, was definitely more intrigued with uh, the Matt Seidel, uh interview than than Raw. So let's talk a little little bit about ECW. We'll be right back. It is now time for the Flavor of the Week. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Flavor of the Week time. We are here. All right, so John Cena is the correct answer. Uh, the next question is the main event of Survivor Series 2011. What was the main event of. Survivor Series 2011. ECW and we're we're talking about territories and we're talking about things like that. Um I was a big fan of ECW. To be honest with you, I was a fan of the WWE's version of ECW2. I know a lot, I know that gets a lot of scrutiny, but it, it it helped build stars. It was kind of an NXT. You know, I, I and I understand people didn't want the label of ECW to be behind it. But it really did a good job building up stars. I mean, I wrote an article about this years ago on Bleach Report. But ECW helped, you know, careers like CM Punk, it helped careers like Kofi Kingston, it helped careers like Sheamus. you know, it helped you know, career it helped Christian's career, it helped revive careers like, you know, William Regal and Tommy Dreamer and Matt Hardy and um uh people like people like that of course um, Jack Swagger it helped you know it helped his career a lot too, so you know it it really did a good job reviving and helped it revived Goldust's career too, you know and and it did a really good job. Uh, Mark Henry is another person. Kane, Chavo Guerrero, you know it, it really helped revive those people's careers and so you know of course the EC the, of course the ODCW you know it goes in history books as being one of the most infectious. Uh, promotions of all time, but to me, I think the WWE's version of ECW it worked too. It didn't work. It didn't work from an ECW labeling standpoint, but I mean, it really was a another version of NXT with an ECW tagline on it. I guess that's the reason why people scrutinize it so much and criticize it so much. But I wasn't. I didn't think it was as bad as people put it out to be
4: i uh, you, you got the two versions of ECW, and the revived version wasn't bad because, like you said, a lot of people got revived from that, and it had its great moments. Had that NXT feel once you know NXT was up and started after the fact, and it, you love the old ECW because it. A lot of people, I don't. It was a torn crowd because people's like, oh, it's just shock value, but I just love the intimate setting that it had, where I mean the storylines were just out of this world, and the in ring, you know violence, what they call it, was just absolutely spectacular. And we loved it as wrestling fans. I mean it, it built characters. Paul Heyman just had his finger on a pulse. And I mean it was one of those independent promotions that blew up and actually rivaled the two big W C W and WWE. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. And you've got characters that are still around today that were in there. And it I love I absolutely thought that, you know, the E C W original was mind-blowing to this day i still like to watch the old shows and then you got uh, the newer one the more revamped one it was too clean to really be ecw it was, you could see the wwe banner behind it but again it john Morse and revived gold dust i mean there was just so many people that came out of that that uh, it really benefited from so i mean both versions are great the original will always be my favorite but uh i've Got nothing but good things to say about ECW in the long run. The independent promotion that uh, the underdog that came and showed everybody who was boss. So yeah, ECW is a great thing, and you, know, you got Paul Heyman to show for it. Good for him. That's one good thing he's done.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Heyman wasn't a big fan of the the new ECW by any stretch. I mean, you know, of course, you know, and we talked to Davari here a couple weeks ago, and you know he it it was it was kind of it was kind of tough to witness that you know things like uh the great kali and things like the, you know being in in ECW and just that december to december oh man that was rough <laughs> that was that was incredibly rough and we'll talk about that another day that's that's a flavor of the week topic in and of itself interesting interesting uh, gif here of the uh, the, the zombie or Whatever that character was uh, on ECW uh, <laughs> on Sci-Fi, uh, that was a pretty rough character. Senior Rock versus Awesome Truth was the correct answer, ladies and gentlemen. Again, market calendars next week. DDP will be on the show. It's going to be absolutely amazing. Tell your tell your friends, tell your family, tell everybody to air to to listen to um, the Pancakes of Power Slam show, episode ninety one hundred ninety three next week. DDP will be here. Awesome, awesome! Thank you, Matt Seidel, for putting over the show so much. That was absolutely amazing. So kudos to Matt for that, and kudos for everybody listening through Twitter and through wawnation.com and through BlogTalkRadio.com. All those who subscribe through iTunes, continue to spread the word. We got a bunch of subscriptions, and we got a bunch of awesome stuff coming up the pike. So don't miss a single week. we got announcements galore, so don't miss a single week. Thank you so much. Awesome, awesome showing today, awesome interaction. Until next week, enjoy your week of wrestling. God bless. Daddy loves you and Elijah. DDP on the show next week. God bless. Goodbye.